eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten wrong with yet? Morning. Afternoon. Evening. Brunch time, lunch time, Bolitnikov time. There is no Bolitnikov in basketball time. They have a wooden award. They have some other awards, but they don't have a Bolitnikov time. Tennessee now has a Bolitnikov time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Kovals 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a a uh, an overcast, but uh, perhaps unseasonably warm Friday afternoon here in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee, just a couple miles away from Thompson Bowling Arena. I think 1.9 miles, actually, from Thompson Bowling Arena, where, of course, Tennessee will not be this weekend. The seventh-ranked balls are going up to Brooklyn up in New York. New York. They will be playing uh, the 13th-ranked Maryland Terrapins, uh, a surprisingly good Maryland team. Uh, they're, 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 they hadn't lost until just recently had a close loss to Wisconsin there in Big Ten play. Does anybody still have a hard time thinking or remembering that Maryland's in the Big Ten? I have uh, all the time. Like, I'll see Maryland playing a football game against, like, Ohio State on a Saturday in, in October, and I'm like, that's a little late for a non-conference game, especially with Power Fives. And like, oh, no, wait, hold on. Hold on, they're in the Big Ten now. So, yes, it is a little bit different. This is a big, big, big couple of games coming up for Tennessee. Rick Barnes and his balls are flying up there, I believe, Saturday. And they will be uh, they'll be taking on Maryland Sunday in the arena where the Brooklyn Nets play. And you know who will be there is the person we're getting ready to go to. We're going to go uh, not to Ben McKee's house because Ben McKee is not at his house. He is already up in the Northeast, but we've got him at his hotel room up there uh, because no matter what, we are always on the clock here at GoVoss 24-7. What's up, Ben? What's up, Wesley? I'm sitting here in good old Philadelphia, hoping that all of these honks from all the cars below my hotel window comes through on the podcast, because all I have heard since I woke up this morning is honking cars left and right. It's it's pretty, pretty outstanding. If if I'm being honest, I, I didn't think it was possible for a lot of car honking to be outstanding, but. But here we are. These people are all, all about honking at one another. I'm, I'm impressed. Hey, you do know that the, the Brooklyn is not in Philadelphia, right? Wait, you mean Philadelphia is not in New York? No, it's and, not. And there might be a Philadelphia in New York, but the one I you're thought, in is the one in Pennsylvania. I, I thought that the Vols were playing at the home of the Philadelphia 76ers. A, v, uh, the, a couple of VFLs of, are. 
the the home of AJ Brown, who got John Robinson fired this week. <laughs> yes, I, I thought yes, that's where. Yes, aren't did. they playing Temple or uh, LaSalle? Uh, or, or well, maybe not. Like maybe that. not Temple because they got they got put off by the all, all the Bill Cosby stuff. So they're not they're not they're, they're not playing point. Temple now. That, but that's uh, a good point. No, I I to, to to shed a little light on on my weekend. Philadelphia is only an hour west southwest of of the city. So me being the sports fanatic that I am, recognized that Tennessee was playing in Brooklyn. On Sunday, the day after the Army Navy game yes. here in Philadelphia, and I am a, a big Army football fan. My dad did 23 years in the Army, stationed all over America. I am the definition of an Army brat, and uh, that is by far my favorite college football game all year. Uh, and, and I think that I enjoy the Army Navy game more than I enjoy the Super Bowl or the National Championship game. If if I'm being honest, uh, it, it is up there for me on term in terms of on the bucket list. So me and some of my high school buddies planned it out to where we would come to Philadelphia, go to the army Navy game, and then make my way over to Brooklyn on Sunday. And it's been an interesting couple of days because one friend bailed out for, for questionable reasons a couple of weeks ago. Uh And then my other buddy who was supposed to go with me this week got sick with COVID and, and he had to bail out, so it ended up just being me in Philadelphia all day today. I'm going to go check out the Lakers and Sixers here in a minute. Excited to see LeBron play. Uh, and then VFL's Jane Springer and Tobias Harris. Hopefully Jane Springer will get in the game. So uh, made it a, a big old weekend. Then then going to go check out Army-Navy tomorrow and then make my way over to Brooklyn after the Army-Navy game and and watch Tennessee take on a good Maryland team, Wes. Yeah, uh, and, I got. I tell you, before we before we talk about ahead. that, though, I just got to tell you, I'm really, really uh, jealous about that because I, I come from there, there's uh, like two Navy people in my family and like a hundred Army people. And my cousin, who we were basically raised as siblings, he's my older brother. He is a uh, an active colonel, uh, lieutenant colonel, and he uh, ended up playing college football and not at Army. Uh, he went into to the army afterward, but he got offered. He could have he could have played at West Point. And he's always kind of regretted that he didn't. And so we we are uh, big army football fans. Most of my family I got got a couple uncles who were navy, and they're sort of the the the, the boat sheep uh, instead of the black sheep of the family. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's still it's it's something that is absolutely on my bucket list. And I uh, was originally gonna uh, when you were going with your buddies, my first plan was to go. You know what? I wonder if I could. Like just just kind of go with them and kind of be like, hey, I'm your uh, way older friend know. who did not go to high school with you. And then uh, the problem was, I looked at the calendar and it said December 10th, and that is my son's first birthday. And um, if if I had 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 missed my my son's first birthday party, I think I might have uh, needed a new wife at that point. So I, I I decided to stay here, and so that's why I am here and you are there. And uh, so I'm not going to say that I wish. I wasn't here because I kind of wish I was. Uh, I, I, you know, I kind of shouldn't say that I wish I wasn't here. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. It's you're, a lot you're a better it. man than me because my wife's birthday is on Sunday, <laughs> the, day, the, the, the day of Tennessee, Maryland. So I I was able to get a get away with a little bit of I've got to go to work, babe. That that is why I am going out of town. Ignore the fact that I'm spending a ton of money on an NBA game and army Navy and going out of my way to go to Philadelphia 
Uh, no, but she she's a saint and and she's awesome. So she was totally understanding and and thankfully we've she's my high school sweetheart. So uh, we we spent eleven birthdays to, together now. So nice. Uh, so I, I won't say her age because we're reaching that point now where I can't re- I can't relate to the people how old my wife is because I, I do want to keep my wife. But uh, shout out to her for allowing me to to get away on her birthday and shout out to the in-laws for coming into town to help out with the the little one and and take my wife out for the weekend and and not allow her to remember that I am not there for her birthday. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's good it's good stuff and I'm 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 glad that you're up there doing that and uh but at the at the end of all that uh you will be doing some work but before we d- dig into basketball uh we haven't had a chance to to mention this. I mentioned it a little bit in the intro. Uh but Tennessee did not go uh, awardless this season. Tennessee did end up football. Tennessee football ended up getting one. It did get the Bolitnikov. Jalen Hyatt won the award that he should have been given. Uh, uh, which is good because I a lot of people kind of thought that Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State would end up sneaking in there and getting it. But it was Jalen Hyde who won the Bolitnikoff as the nation's top pass catcher. Uh, that's a big, prestigious award. Obviously not the Heisman, but it's a very big award, very deserved award. And congratulations to Jalen Hyatt, who still has not decided – uh, he he at least has not publicly stated, says he's still on the fence 50-50 about whether he's going to declare for the NFL draft and whether he's going to play in this Orange Bowl. So we will see. I would kind of lean toward no on each one, but I, I don't know that for sure yet. Yeah, this this is a really, really cool story. Uh, and, and I tweeted my thoughts on Thursday evening after it was announced that he won the Bolitnikoff, Tennessee's first ever Bolitnikoff Award winner, which – Wes, that is pretty incredible when you think back to all the great receivers that Tennessee has had over the course of its history. I mean, we, we could sit here and do a two-hour podcast, three-hour podcast of of all the great uh, Tennessee wide receivers. And uh, at, at one point in the mid-2000s, late-2000s, Tennessee was absolutely wide receiver you. And over the last decade or so, uh, it, it's gotten away from that because of its own self-inflicted wounds, but also you've seen Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, a lot of these schools churn out top-notch receivers left and right. So, uh, And even over that course of time, even though Tennessee's kind of fallen off at the receiver position compared to what it once was, I mean, they've still had great receivers. Derrick Rogers, Justin Hunter, Cordell Patterson, uh, Josh Malone. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, Jawan Jennings. Lucas Taylor uh, had, had a really good career. <laughs> yeah, Lucas. Hey, he was Lucas a thousand-yard receiver. My boy was a thousand-yard receiver. And and let, let us all remember that Robert Meacham is the one that carried Jason Swain when Jason Swain was, was at Tennessee. Yeah, but, uh, J- uh, that's because Swain was the hitch route specialist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that 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 receiver core benefited from from Robert Meacham. That that's the only reason Jason Swain is is top ten in career receptions is because Meacham took double, uh, so, so many double teams and, <laughs> yeah. and triple teams and quadruple teams. But no, for, for Jalen to 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 be the first Bolitnikoff award winner amongst all of those great receivers is is pretty remarkable and and you really have to tip your hat to him and it's one of my favorite stories of the season uh and not just the Tennessee season but the college football season but but just sticking to Tennessee I think the the Hendon Hooker storyline was without a doubt my my favorite uh in terms of of Tennessee football this year because of who Hendon is as a person but my second favorite story is absolutely the Jalen Hyatt story. And that is because of the work ethic that he 
uh, put in and, and the amount of work that he put in since the end of last season. Th- there was no doubt that he was underperforming last year as as a sophomore and not living up to his potential. And and it was his it was his own doing. I thought he wasn't uh, going to come back at times for a lot of the year. I, I thought he would not be back this season. Yes. And, and I didn't think that it I, I agree with that thought. And, and the crazy thing is. It wasn't probably going to be a Jalen Hyatt decision. I don't know that Tennessee was convicted in in having him back, but uh, Jalen, to his credit, recognized what needed to change, and he recognized this at the end of last season. He he didn't wait until January or February to to recognize what needed to change. It, it was while last season was still, excuse me, going on, and he recognized what he needed to change and he went out and changed it. And in today's society where everybody wants to blame everybody else for their own shortcomings and, and their own failures, Jalen put his head down and he went to work. He he admitted what he was not doing. He admitted that he got complacent. He admitted that he wasn't putting in the work that he needed to put in. Uh, he, he wasn't doing a good job of, of putting weight on and maintaining that weight and he he turned all three of those things around and, and much more over the offseason. And he put in more work than than anybody. Uh, maybe Hendon Hooker is the only person that put and in Tillman, more work. Than, him and Tillman, both of them were up there for sure. Correct. But I not, and I'm not saying this to, to down Cedric, but I know for a fact that nobody caught more footballs on the jugs machine mm-hmm. than Jalen Hyatt uh, over the offseason. And, and that's not to say that the other guys didn't put in the work they they did it, it just I'm highlighting Jalen's work ethic and, and obviously catching footballs on the jugs machine isn't the only way that you can get better uh, there, there are so many ways that you can get better but again I'm just highlighting what Jalen was able to do so uh, to to recognize and, and self-reflect and, and make the changes and then go out there and put it to use just really 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 speaks to his maturity uh, and I, I'm thrilled for him because he does seem like an awesome guy and, and I think it's funny that after those first couple of games this season, I asked him uh, how he felt about his success early in the year because of all the work that he put in over the offseason. And he said that I haven't done anything yet. And I'd love to ask him that question again. I was in the air yesterday when he had his uh, media press conference after winning the Bolitnikov, so I wasn't able to ask him. Um, but I, I think that he would get a chuckle out of that now. But I, I even tried to ask him towards the end of the season, kind of in a – in a funny way, like, hey, do you think you've done anything now? I, th- I think I asked him after the Alabama game when he caught five touchdowns, like, hey, do you think you've done anything now? And th- this is the other part that I, that I love so much about the Jalen Hyatt story. A, the work ethic. B, it was never about himself this season. All year long, when people would ask him about his success and his accolades and his statistics, it was always team, team, team. We need to continue to work. We're focused on us. We've got bigger goals than what we've accomplished this far. So uh, the Jalen Hyatt story is is really, really cool and one of my favorites of the season, Wes. And one last point. I know I'm a, a little long. No, nah, you're here, good. So you're good. No, you're good. But how about Kelsey Pope, Tennessee's wide receivers coach, his first year being an on-the-field coach at this level, and he he helps produce Tennessee's first-ever Bolitnikoff award winner and uh, there is obviously a lot of natural ability in Jalen's game in terms of his speed Tennessee did not teach 
Jalen Speed. They did not coach up Jalen Speed, but they they especially Kelsey Pope helped him mature and helped him find his confidence. And and if Jalen does not find his confidence or mature, Jalen Hyatt's not forget Bolitnikoff. He he's not one of the better receivers in the SEC. He's not he's probably not even really producing on this year's team. So I, I I think what a tremendous job by Kelsey Pope and and what a recruiting tool now. Um Brian Hartline, I think it was the Ohio State receivers coach, he he had a subtweet uh a week or two ago uh about how and I'm assuming it was about Jalen Hyatt and trying to to advocate for his guy Marvin Harrison Jr. to win the award, uh, essentially downplaying Jalen Hyatt's production and and saying that it was solely based off of uh, the system. But you know, it, it may be the system that helped Jalen get the stats that he got. But you know, what recruits are going to see the amount of passes that he caught, him winning the Bolitnikoff Award, and him now being mentioned as a first round draft pick. So yeah, talk about a, a scheme a recruiting pitch for Kelsey Pope to go use now. Yeah, a scheme doesn't get you past opposing defensive backs, especially at the SEC level. Like it can give you a chance, but. I mean, he 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 was he ran right by Bama guys all day long. I mean, I I don't know that, you know. I mean, it, it's listen, scheme helps, but uh, the, the scheme argument to me is the biggest amount of crock of you know what in history. Because the last time I checked, what you're supposed to do on offense is uh, no matter what scheme you're in, you're supposed to get yards and points. And people who can get, I mean, I, the greatest schemes in the world are not going to get you by Alabama and those guys. It's just not how that works. It's it's not. You know, it's not. It's it, that's not how this works. So, I, to me, that's just it's it's a load of crap, and and it's I don't I don't I don't know why people get punished for that. It, it's to me, it's the dumbest thing ever. You're not like, oh, he's a system defensive end. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. It's uh, right. anyway. But and I'll say this too before we go to break. Um, the last point I had was I think that obviously Jalen Hyatt won this thing, and we mentioned Pope and and Hype and the other guys. The other guy who maybe deserves just a little. Bit, a little little chunk of this award is uh, Valus Jones Jr. He he really really helped Jalen Hyatt mature last season. He kind of came in there and took his job a little bit. He was the reason why Hyatt didn't play as much, uh, but but he was ended up being a, a kind of a, an example that that Hyatt that um, that Hyatt decided he wanted to follow. And and he talked a lot about how Valus Jones Jr. kind of mentored him a little bit, helped him understand some things, kept his head up, and and I think that that was a big deal for him. So maybe a little bit of love little bit of love too for uh for for Valus Jones Jr. No, I, I agree with you. And and Valus talked a lot about that uh at the end of last season. Uh if if you would kind of ask him leading up to the bowl game, hey, who is going to to be a, a receiver who hasn't necessarily produced a ton this year that, that's gonna have a breakout year next year. And and he mentioned Jalen uh, a couple of different times and Jalen, as you just mentioned, uh, has spoken numerous times about how much Valus helped him uh, as well. So I know it's been an unfortunate couple of weeks for Tennessee in, in terms of uh, awards and, and proper recognition and, and whatnot. We, we could have a long list, uh, a long episode uh, right now of, of of everything that that didn't go Tennessee's way that probably should have gone Tennessee's way. And that's not two guys who are around Tennessee all the time being blindsided by being around Tennessee all the time. The, the facts uh, show that Josh Heupel should have been a finalist for the coach of the year. The facts show that Hendon Hooker should have been in New York 
for the Heisman. The facts show that Tennessee should have been ahead of Alabama in the college football playoff rankings. So it's been a couple of frustrating weeks in that regard. But uh, a lot of Tennessee fans, Tennessee's entire team should take a lot of pride and joy in in Jalen Hyatt winning the Bolitnikoff because uh, so much went into it. Quite frankly, we, we talked about it. All Jalen's story, his individual story is tremendous, um, but also the the job of Kelsey Pope and uh, that that was a, a hire that people questioned Josh Heupel about this time uh, a year ago because he did not have any on field experience, but uh, he trusted his guy and. Jalen Hyatt was one of the advocates for Kelsey Pope to to be the receivers coach after uh, Cody Burns left to to be with the Saints because of who Kelsey Pope is as a guy. Those, those players love playing for him; they absolutely do, and and that's why he got the job. and And then he goes out there. I I, I I'm not well versed enough to to speak to to how much Kelsey Pope helped from a, a tactical standpoint, fundamental standpoint, and and the the nuances of of actually playing the receiver position but I know for a fact that Kelsey Pope played a huge role in Jalen finding his confidence maturing off the field and if if Jalen doesn't do those two things then it it doesn't matter how fast he is or or, uh, what he can do on the football field because the the mentals will not allow him to be successful so uh, just just an all-around great story Uh, again kind of touched on it uh, on every angle but I think the one last thing to really touch on, Wes, and this was something that we were both going towards a moment ago, but Tennessee could use a receiver or two out of the portal, and there's a lot of good receivers in the portal. And whether opposing coaches want to talk about uh, the the system being the reason that they they compile the stats. And look, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think that coaches are completely wrong when they try to throw shade. And, and we can have that conversation on a different podcast over the offseason. But the fact of the matter is, even if it was the system that helped Jalen Hyatt have the amount of success that he had, he still went out there and did it, as you were discussing. And what are recruits going to see? Recruits are going to see however many passes he caught this year, the over a thousand yards that he had, the 15 touchdowns, the five touchdowns against Alabama, they're going to see him beating out Marvin Harrison Jr. for the Bolitnikoff award. They're going to potentially see Jalen Hyatt as a late first round pick, early second round pick. So all of these opposing coaches can say what they want about Josh Heupel's system and whether it's gimmicky and and whether or not they can go to other schools and truly be developed into an all-around receiver and be able to do everything. They can say that all they want, but when Tennessee's receivers are winning awards, putting up numbers, and and getting draft recognition, that speaks for itself. And I imagine Josh Heupel can't wait to use that as a recruiting tool uh, here in, in the portal over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, and Gabe Davis. There's a lot of guys he can he can point to uh, also as, as guys that are his guys that are successful at that level. So lots more to discuss about that, um, but we do need to get to basketball. And before we do that, we need to step away for just a second and pay some bills. Uh, listen, you get y'all to listen to some products, services, in-house ads, etc. Then we'll be right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the GoVolf 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from up there in the Northeast for, uh, at Philly for now, and then he will be in Brooklyn on Sunday for when the uh, the seventh-ranked Tennessee Volunteers play the 13th-ranked Maryland Terrapins up there uh, in Barclays right there. I think it's still Barclays where the, uh, where the Brooklyn Nets play up there in Brooklyn, in NYC. Lots and lots of good stuff. Up there, lots of stuff to discuss about that game. Some some matchups, some some health updates, uh, etc. Before we do that, though, just a quick uh, quick suggestion, quick request, if you will, from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, let's say sixty seconds, seventy five seconds, ninety seconds tops, go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. We sure would appreciate it. Uh, if you're just listening in on the website at GoBoss247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets you, you, for Tennessee coverage, we, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world. You can cast a fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very, very, very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing this for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there and subscribe to it, rate, review, and tell your friends. Tell people you see out there at church. Tell people that you see walking around town. Tell people that you see uh, if you're on the golf course, if you can still go out there and play golf this time of year. Tell people that you see at the dog park. Tell people you see just out around town eating lunch, right? You're, you're at a shopping mall. Do those still exist? I don't know. If they still do and you see people out there walking around wearing Tennessee stuff, be like, hey, listen, uh, uh, I, I know that we're not supposed to get too close to each other because of germs and stuff these days but you're a Tennessee fan I'm a Tennessee fan and, and it looks like you are someone who would like to listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast which is for free so that could be your new best friend that could be your spouse that could be the love of your life that could be the boss of a huge company who's like you know what I, I want to hire a Tennessee fan I'm going to give you a job and here's a million dollars you never know what's going to happen you never know what's going to happen karma pay it forward if you're doing those things already we love you if not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to the business at hand. Tennessee has not been fully healthy as a basketball team the entire season, really. Uh, e- even when uh, Josiah Jordan James came back for a couple games and Santiago Vescovi was there, Josiah Jordan James was not fully back 
in shape yet, wasn't fully healthy yet, still the knee bothering him a little bit. He has since come back, but since then, Santiago Vescovi has gone down with a with a shooting uh, shoulder, left shoulder injury, and he has missed the past couple of games. Did hear, though, did speak with uh, Rick Barnes here on Friday in Knoxville, and he said that he thought Santiago Vescovi was going to practice. He thought he was uh, on his way to potentially playing in this game. And listen, I think Tennessee would be favored to win this game either way, um, but either way it's going to be a tough game. But if uh, if Vescovi comes back and plays and he's even where anywhere near what he normally is, that's a good thing for Tennessee. Absolutely. Santiago Vescovi is the best three-point shooter in the SEC uh, and, and arguably the best three-point shooter in the country. Uh, def- definitely one of the best three-point shooters in, in the entire country. And you, you want him on the floor. And uh, Rick Barnes has talked about it, that he's a guy that takes so much pressure off of his teammates. And and Rick's even encouraged him to, to take bad shots um, and, and not on a routine basis. But if if the def- if the defense is is really sticking to him and, and not giving him a ton of space to operate, Rick wants him to take a couple of shots, two or three, uh, just just so that that the defense knows that he'll still shoot the basketball. And give him a little more space. And he and can make those shots. He can make those shots. He can, for sure. Um, but that just speaks to his importance. And uh, Tennessee still has guys that can shoot it. Zakai Ziegler, Tyreek Key, uh, Josiah Jordan-James, although he's still trying to find his legs, quite literally, uh, as he works his way back from, from injury. Uh, so he's he, he's one of the best players in the country. I mean, <laughs> that just speaks to to how important he is. Uh, to Tennessee. Uh, and and I, I think it's more important that it, it's not a serious injury. At, at least Tennessee is not portraying it as one. And and to those I've talked to behind the scenes, it, it also does not sound like a, a serious ordeal. Or they're, they're just being cautious because look, if Tennessee loses on Sunday, fans are going to be upset and, and rightfully so most likely, but whether or not you beat Maryland is not going to determine whether you have success in the NCAA tournament or, or whether or not you have success during conference play. Uh, so you want to make sure that Santiago is healthy and good to go during the stretch run and ready for March. You don't want to put too much on him this early in the season and, and push him through uh, a shoulder injury that that could linger or could get worse. So uh, I think that's exactly what it is. But you, you still want to win these games, obviously. And this these games help determine what type of seed you end up with in, in March. Although this doesn't determine whether your season is, is a success or not, it helps you in March because, who knows, beating Maryland, we could look back in a couple of months and it be the difference in whether Tennessee's a, a two-seed or a three-seed in the tournament. So these games are still important and Maryland has a good defense. Uh, their, their top fringe 30 defense, according to Kim Palm 32nd uh, to be exact. So, you know, they're, they're going to play uh, some, some good basketball on the defensive side. And and it's not like Tennessee's offense has just been clicking on all cylinders uh, of late at, at all times. So I, I don't know what the over under is, but take the under because, you know, Tennessee is going to, to play defense. And, and I'm, I think that's what I'm most excited about 
Wes, uh, Tennessee's defense obviously played great in the Bahamas against legit legitimate opponents, but I, I want to continue to see them do it kind of time and time uh, again. And, and Maryland's offense is 18th in the country, according to Ken Palm. They're scoring 113 points per 100 possessions, which is really good. So uh, another test for Tennessee's defense, and, and I'm excited to see the defense that that has been really, really not even good. They, they've been a, a type of defense statistically that we've never seen before, quite yes. literally. In, in college basketball, it's been in the Ken Palm era. There's not been one statistically so far anyways as, as good as that one. And, and, Correct. And, 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 you know, here's the interesting thing. There's a lot of interesting things to me about this game, Ben, when you look at matchups. First off, you got to give Maryland credit because Maryland has come out this season with the first-year coach better than anyone has thought Maryland would be. I know that's a really good program historically. They've got a really nice fan base. They got a great arena. Uh, that that is a place where you can win and you can have a chance to win it all there at Maryland. Uh, however, there they've been going through a transition, but they've been doing really, really, really well there. And what's interesting to me about that is when you look at the at, at the tempo. Right. The, the, and this is, this is a big thing in this game, I think, because Maryland, I'm looking this up to make sure I got it right. Yes. Maryland's 244th nationally out of about 350, I think 363 Division I teams in terms of tempo, but they are very, very good 18th efficient, 18th nationally in efficiency. So when you look at those two things together and they've played, their schedule on paper doesn't look great. They played a few good teams and beaten them. They, they've played one decent team and lost to it, and then they played some bad teams that they were able to beat pretty easily. But they, when you look at an offense that doesn't have a lot of tempo, but it does have uh, a very, very, very good efficiency ranking, that tells you that possessions are going to mean quite a bit in this game. And this is not the kind of game you want to get behind in. Because if you're Tennessee – you, you get behind against a team that can really kind of slow down a game, can really value possessions, can really – that can be really, really frustrating. So if you're Tennessee and you can get out there and you can run ahead of them and you can you can make them play faster than they want to, that's how I would rather play this game if I'm Tennessee because if I get behind in this game – and we've seen this before, you get in those NBA arenas sometimes for whatever reason, guys just – it gets worse in like the garden than it would say in, you know, in, in the Nets arena. But you go to some of these places, and either the moment gets too big for you, the dimensions, whatever it is, something is off. It shouldn't be for Tennessee because Tennessee plays in what's basically an NBA arena every single home game. But you just you never know. You go on the road, the rims, sometimes things just happen. So you don't want to get in one of those kinds of games where they get ahead of you, you have to kind of get things going, you're, you're scuffling, and they are really kind of choking the ball and really kind of really, really slowing it down and making you work. Because those are the kinds of games, and you see this sometimes against Big Ten teams, where you don't want to be in that position because it's hard to climb out of it. Even if you're Tennessee and you have the ability to go as fast as they do. Yeah, and and quite frankly, I don't have a ton of trust in in Tennessee's offense at the moment. If I'm being completely honest with you, and and look, this is game number ten, I believe, on the season for Tennessee. So there, there's still a ton of basketball left to be played and and it's about the offense clicking in February, late February and and going into March and we saw that last year with this team. We, we saw the offense struggle and and speaking of those ugly games in NBA arenas, just think back to last year Tennessee and Texas Tech in the garden. Oh. One of the the worst games I've ever oh. seen. I mean, it, it brought back memories of Conzo's team playing Georgetown. I mean, that that's how hideous that game was 
last year. So uh, I, I, to be honest with you, if if I'm a Tennessee fan, uh, I'm not thrilled to hear about those stats that that you just threw out there in, in terms of uh, it being a, a more half court possession type of game to, to where Tennessee is really going to have to execute offense. And, and who knows, may, maybe they're able to to get the ball out and, and push it and, and uh, get Maryland out of its own game. Maybe uh, Tennessee can dictate the flow and, and the style of game. And, and then obviously that would lend in Tennessee's favor. But if it goes in Maryland's favor, I don't know that I have a ton of confidence in the offense right now that it can go out and execute possession after possession after possession. They they just haven't shown that yet. And, and again, they, they won and, and swept Butler USC and, and Kansas obviously, but that was more a product of, of the defense. T- Tennessee's yes. defense won those games more so than the offense. And, and the offense wasn't necessarily bad in those games, but there, there were stretches in, in each of those games where uh, th- there was frustrating offense being played. It, it just wasn't for the entirety of the basketball game, kind of like the, the Colorado game. Uh, so I, I'll be real curious to see how, how that plays out. I, I'm, most excited to see Tennessee's defense go up against a good Maryland offense, just because, like I said a moment ago, I, I want to continue to see this defense tested so we can truly see just how good this this defense is, just because right now we're working with a small sample size. But on the flip side of that, what, what I'm that's what I'm most excited to watch, what I'm going to be most uh, paying attention to, and, and I'm circling as what I think will dictate the outcome of the basketball game is exactly that. How does Tennessee perform if it gets into the type of basketball game where it has to execute possession after possession after possession on the yeah. offensive end? Uh, and and look, I mean, that's that's what the NCAA tournament turns into quite often uh, as well. Uh, can, can you go to plan B when plan A is not working? And, and Rick Barnes has talked about that uh, a lot this season. And uh, you, you have to have strong post play in, in order to to win those type of basketball games where it's coming down to executing possessions. And right now, Tennessee's post players are are, are very inconsistent. So uh, knowing how Maryland likes to slow slow the game down and, and make it a possession game, uh, Tennessee's offense is is really really going to execute. And and look, I'm not sitting here saying that. Tennessee's going to lose because Maryland likes to slow it down. Uh, Maryland's still going to have to score on Tennessee's elite defense. Yes, that is the other half. But, of it. Yep. but I, I, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think Tennessee's offense is bad per se, but I haven't seen enough to where I trust them to go out and execute possession after possession after possession, especially if Santiago Vescovi's not playing. Yeah, for me, what it comes down to in those situations is, and, and you, you mentioned front court you know, production, which is important. The way I look at it is it's more like get paint points no matter how you do it, whether that is dumping the ball inside, having some big-to-big passing or some some tough some tough twos, or if that's spreading the court out a little bit and having Julian Phillips attack the rack or having you know Josiah Jordan-James attack the rack. Have, have guys go attack the paint and score that way because I don't care. To me, a paint point is a paint point. I don't care how you get it. If it's dumping it down, if it's driving it in, if it's driving and dishing in, if it's jumping over somebody, if it's getting to the foul line repeatedly, which Julian Phillips can do because I almost consider I almost consider free throws paint points kind of similar in so many ways anyways because they're often connected. 
So that that to me is if it comes down to one of those games, can Tennessee avoid can Tennessee avoid just sitting there and shooting threes if they're not falling? That's what Tennessee can't do. It cannot get into a situation where it does not have the plan B. If those shots aren't falling, then guess what? You got to put the ball on the floor, set some better screens, do some peel stuff, whatever you got to do, some some good sharp backdoor cuts, take some chances get the ball to the rim and score there because that will open things out, which is why Tennessee really likes to go inside out to kind of set that tone early. Um, but if you can't, then you got to shoot your way to go outside in and the outside shot's not falling. You got to find a way to get there. You got to find a plan B and you got to play through it. That's what I'm interested to see. Will Tennessee do that? Because the, the differences in these two games that are coming up, and this is my final thought is that, you know, Maryland's going to play you or wants to play you one kind of way. And we all know Arizona wants to play a completely different way. There is there is not a faster offensive tempo team in the country than Arizona. Arizona right now has more possessions per game, more possessions per 100 minutes than anybody. They have a elite offensive talent, elite athleticism, length. They want to push the ball. They, they want to get the ball going downhill and score in a hurry. And that is a completely different kind of game than this one is. But, you know, I know you got a week in between these two games, but that's kind of what the NCAA tournament can be anyway in the SEC, SEC tournament. It can be one kind of slog game versus, you know, a, a full throttle game the next day. And you got to be able to play both kinds of basketball. And, and Rick Barnes tries to build a team that can play its style of basketball no matter what. Um, but sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta take what's given to you. And sometimes you gotta play the kind of game that the opponent dictates a little bit. That's just how it goes, but you gotta be able to thrive. And I think the, that's why these two games coming up are so interesting to me because Tennessee's got a chance to look at completely different ways of playing the game. Yeah. And, and good teams always find a way to win regardless of, of what style needs to, to be executed, uh, quite frankly. So, uh, if, if Tennessee is going to be a, a, good strong team in March and and find some success in the NCAA tournament that it hasn't been able to find then they are going to to have to learn to 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 win in in different ways and and I I do think that there's enough of a veteran presence and and we've already seen enough to to where we can feel somewhat good about them being able to to win in in different ways uh, obviously there, there's not an expectation for Tennessee to go out and score 80 or 90 points on Sunday or, or even next Saturday on the road at, at Arizona. But I, I also don't think that any of us would be surprised if Tennessee's offense had a an outburst and had a big game. And, I wouldn't and, be at all. Uh, no, I, I would not either. Uh, and, and we also wouldn't be uh, surprised if, as we've seen the last several games, the defense lead the way. Uh, now I, I think with this team, you're, you're because of the inconsistent post play. I think you're going to see more games that are won because of what they did on defense than than on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but but it's also so so early in the season. I mean they're they're only ten games into a, a thirty game season, uh, and, and then there's so many more tournament games after that as as well. So uh, the offense isn't supposed to be clicking on all cylinders. At this point, and Wes, that's why I kind of that, that's the thing overall that I'm most interested about this week is how does Tennessee perform against two top 10, top 15 teams in the country? This is another test for them. They they had a test when they went down to the Bahamas. Could could they prove that the Colorado game was a one off? They did that. Now, the the next 
test is to see just how legit this defense is and to to see and, and kind of prove that it is indeed one of the top 10, 15 teams in the country as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm just really interested to see where Tennessee is at as we get into conference play because uh, after Arizona next week, I mean, it's it's go time. It's it's time for the, the stretch run of, of conference play. You go to Ole Miss on the 28th. I think there's two more uh, non-conference games, or, or no, just one more non-conference, or not non-conference game, but one more cupcake game, I should say. Uh, you, you go to Brooklyn on Sunday, then you go to Arizona, and then I believe you play Austin P uh, the Wednesday before Christmas. Uh, and then after Christmas, it's – it's Ole Miss, and the only other non-conference game at that point is is your game against Texas. So uh, it, it's that time of year where it's it's time to get going, and that that's where I'm most interested about Sunday is just kind of where this Tennessee basketball team is as it enters conference play. How, how much improvement does it need, or are they in a, a in a really good spot going into conference play? I think that is. And speaking of time to go, I believe it is time to go because I know, Ben, you got stuff to go do. I got to get ready for this uh, one-year-old birthday party. Got to chop up this podcast and then get some uh, get some stuff going. So, Ben, I know you got to get going. Thanks for joining us, man. And we will we will have more uh, after the game Sunday. We'll have all the stuff, obviously, on the website, and then we'll, we'll be potting as soon as we can at some point. So, uh, Ben, have a good one, man. Appreciate you. There's that button. And now I can say – Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, 
MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.